Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hey, Steve or Justin. Before my questions, I want to say thank you guys for everything you do. With that said, my question is on stock AMD. And provides unbiased answers. And it looks like it might start to start to roll over at this point. I think I think it's too late. Invest Talk, over 29 million downloads and counting. I had a question about big lots. I bought in at $52 a share, and I just don't understand what's going on in the stock. Your participation makes it unique. 888. 99 chart. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Invest Talk. It is Friday, February 26, 2021. And, of course, on this program, as we state on every program, our mission statement, independent thinking and shared success. That means you are, you're you're independent thinking and you sharing your successes and your failures. I'll share mine. I don't mind. We learn from these things. So that's why this is a show driven by you. And we do this. I, I put this show on. Justin, I put this show on to make sure you understand that that. How to manage money is is not like the most difficult thing in the world. It is not. It just takes some knowledge, some forethought. And that knowledge we will provide as much as we can by giving you explanations of how stocks work, how they're evaluated, how the market works, how the economy impacts the stocks, all those things. We do it independently, and we give you our opinions. Now, that doesn't mean we're always right. I'm not suggesting that we know everything because no one knows everything. But I will share my knowledge, and Justin will share his knowledge. We'll share it. I'm Steve Peasley, and, of course, I encourage you to contact me, to call me with your financial and investment questions. We want to hear from you. You drive the show wherever direction you want it to go. As long as it's financial, we'll go there. So, in fact, you can call anytime you want. 24 hours a day, seven, t- seven days a week. We're live, 4 to 5 Pacific time, like we're live right now. But you can still call anytime, and we have a boatload of backlog calls we have been trying to get to this week. And we're making a dent, but it's still a dent. So we're going to try to go as fast as we can with the questions and still provide the best answers available. The number to reach us, 888-99-CHART. So let's go right to our first listener line question. My name is Kena Schneider, and I thank you guys so much for getting me started in the stock market. I have a uh, couple shares in ENPH, or Enphase Energy. I purchased it for $37.92. I only did two shares. I'm kind of kicking myself in the butt for it, but it is currently worth $193.90, and I was just wondering if you foresee the trend still constantly going up like it has. I mean, it's kind of starting to plateau a little bit. If I should pull out, if I should keep investing because it's maybe a stock that's going to keep going up. If you guys could give me your input, I'd greatly appreciate it. Take care. I really like the I really like the purchase. I like the company. You did well. Pat yourself on the back and don't you know, you'll never you can always go back and say I woulda shoulda coulda and you woulda shoulda coulda bought more. 
But Emphase Energy, Inc. develops, designs, and sells home energy solutions for the solar photovoltaic industry. So we know that that industry is growing, so this company should grow with it. It's a $22 billion company. They've made money for the last, since 2018, and they've grown their in, increase every year, their earnings per share. This year, it's going to be $2.10. Next year, $2.73. That's a 30% increase. It increased 50% from last year. So it's really good. Sales uh, recently picked up to 26%. They were flat the two quarters before that, probably COVID. But on in general, they sales have been growing very fast, very, very fast. Now, because of the consistent earnings and sales growth, the stock is now overpriced at $176 a share, only making $2.73. Okay, so, you know, you're talking about a stock that's what, you know, huge, uh, PE or so. So it's really expensive. Return on equity is 50%. That's very high. The only thing I would ever do, you only have two shares. Would be nice if they'd some do some stock splits for you, and then you could cut back, you know, shares slowly and take some profits off the table. But if you only had two shares... You know, you don't want to sell one. That's 50% of your holdings. I don't know. I think I'd hold on to it. Even though it's pretty expensive, I think I'd hold on to it and hopefully they do some splits. In other words, if they do like a three-for-one split or a four-for-one split, the stock will go down in price and you'll have four times shares. You'll have eight. And you can, then you can sell a couple and take some profit off the table. But we'll have to. I'd, I'd hold on to them. Now, you're going to have to expect some volatility, but I still hold on to it long term. So why are we here today? Well, I am doing the podcast. You know, I do it every day. Justin and I, one of us does it every day. Why do we do that? Well, we do it because we like to share information. We like to give you strategies and give you uh, answer questions about the stocks you own or your IRAs or whatever financial questions you have. We do this, and of course we do it. You know, we do it because it's our marketing arm of the company. But that's that's that is the we want to share information. We like doing it, and to have us do that, you need to call eight 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 ninety nine chart is the number. Today's trivia question will concern the topic: uh, scientific discoveries that influence industry industry sectors like pharmaceuticals, medical imaging, semiconductors. So. We'll make we'll we'll do that at the halfway point of the show. Since it is Friday, I will share highlights from today's KP, KPP Premium newsletter I sent out this morning. And so that's what that's what we're going to do. Now the question is, how did the market do today? Well, not very good. Okay, the um, the the Dow was down 475 points. The Nasdaq was up 72, 73. The, the S&P broader market down 18.5 or 19 points. Now, have you noticed that before the NASDAQ was way underperforming the, the Dow and now today it way outperformed the Dow? So that tells you the volatility has picked up in certain sectors and especially big tech. Okay, it's picked up the volatility and I'm... I've been writing about and discussing that I think we're dealing with 
a, a clear case of sector rotation. Okay, certain sectors getting stronger and the tech sector getting weaker. Not today, but if you take a look and compare the in, oh, broader indexes with the tech index, you can see it. You'll see it. Okay, so. You're listening to Invest Talk, and again, I'm Steve Peasley, and I do really want you to give me a call. 2021 is moving right along, and it's be gone before you know it. Lots of changes happening. New president, new direction for the government, lots of changes. So, the taxability of financial freedom doesn't change, though. That No matter what happens, you still have to do that. So, no backsliding, everybody. So, let's talk about it. Your participation is important. Give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast, the February Rapid Fire Hour. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Hi, Steve and Justin. Connor from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My question revolves around the stock Verizon, VZ. Of course, I've been buying it on dips. And with the 5G rollout, with the connectivity of cars and everything that we touch, why are they not going up? What's happening? Can't wait to hear for your response. I look forward to it. Everything you guys do is just fantastic. Keep it up. Well, I, did you see them the uh, the spectrum that that was offered or auctioned off, and how much money Verizon and AT and T and Sprint had to pay? Huge billions of dollars for additional spectrum to fill out the five G. Now that's going to affect them financially. I think the investors got concerned starting a couple of months ago that this five G rollout is going to be very very expensive, and it is, and there's still not going to be that much growth from it. But they need it to roll out 5G. So I think that's what you're seeing. But again, I think you're doing the right thing. I'm doing the same thing. Buying these Verizon, AT&T, big tech company, big telephone companies, because especially Verizon, AT&T, of the dividend. You have to rely on that dividend because the stock will rotate you know, to the low 50s, and right now it's at 53, 55.30, I'm sorry, right now, and to the $60 area. So 50 to $60 is where it's going to be. So you want to buy it at the low of the range so you get the biggest dividend, and you'll get some cap appreciation when it goes back. But you're never going to get huge growth out of those companies. You're just not. Okay, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. My focus point today concerns Warren Buffett, longtime business partner, says diversification is diversification. So that's a very interesting topic, and so one I, I, I think we should talk about. I think it's a very a good topic because I know some people buy stock after stock after stock after stock, and they have you know so many stocks they can't keep track of. And then other people only buy two stocks. So where's what should they be doing? And that's what this talking point will be about. Okay. Uh, other talking points, time permitting, I would like to talk about the uh, retail sales and income numbers that came out today. I thought that was pretty interesting numbers there. 
In the numbers out this week, what are they telling us about our economy? What are they telling us about inflation? If time permitting, we'll get to that. No promises, though, We how many topics we're going to get to because we really want to get through a lot of calls. So let's, you know, let's go through some quick numbers real quick. Usually I go on, on Fridays, I go through some numbers. Uh, today, uh, two-year Treasury yield was 0.12. Last week, it was 0.10%. The 10-year Treasury, 1.39. Last week, it was a 1.34%. So the spread is still going, growing, and interest rates are rising, okay, which is interesting because that is putting some pressure downward on gold. Think about it. Remember, assets attract money. Stock market wants money to buy and people coming into the stock market. Gold wants money to people to buy gold. Bonds want money to people to buy bonds. So as interest rates for bonds goes up, it's less money to put in the stock market and buy gold. So that's having an impact right now. It's just having an impact. Oil, $61.54 a barrel. Last week it was $58. So it is still going up. We're seeing inflation in that. Silver, $26.60 per ounce. Last week it was 27 Gold last uh, last week was seventeen dollars and eighty cents. This week, uh, seventeen hundred and eighty dollars an ounce. This week is seventeen hundred twenty-eight dollars an ounce. So still showing some weakness. I think it's. I think those are buying opportunities. I'd see that. Okay, uh, let's see. Gasoline. National average is about two sixty-nine, uh, about nine cents from last week. California is three dollars and sixty-five cents today. Thank you very much. Because that's where I live, and I'm paying that. Utah, for comparison, two fall out two dollars and forty nine cents. Remember, three sixty five here in California. Utah, two dollars and forty nine cents. Why is that? Shouldn't be. It's because California has all these extra taxes and extra things they have to do to the gasoline. One of the reasons. Okay, let's see if we can fit in another question caller. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Brandon in Northern Virginia. I wanted to hear your take on Toll Brothers, ticker T-O-L. Thank you. New home sales, new construction permits for new home sales have done very, very well. Toll Brothers uh, is a builder, builds houses, detached homes. They're going to make $5.28 this, this year after making three forty dollars last year and $6.76 next year. So at $53, that's a pretty low PE, under 10 But they usually are, builders are usually low PEs, 4 to 17 for this one. So don't think it's cheap. It's not. Uh, price has already been shot up. So be very careful on this one. We're headed into the break. I may have to finish this after, but let's, let's, let's go ahead and go to the break. 888-99-CHART. The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now, and he's ready to talk with you. Call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 
888-992-4278. Let's talk to Mike in Arizona. Hi, Mike. Yes, hello, Steve. Thank you for taking my call. Welcome. Hey, uh, I was hoping to get your uh, thoughts on Newmont Mining at this price. The symbol is uh, N-E-M. Okay. Produces gold in the U.S., Australia, Canada, uh, Ghana, Peru, Mexico, Argentina, and Dominica Republic. They're going to make four dollars and one cents this year. Make four oh seven next year. Their growth is between uh, five and twenty percent per quarter. Uh, last quarter they grew fourteen percent. Before that, seventeen percent. So decent growth. Uh, not a lot of debt. Kind of weak on the return to equity, ten percent. Uh, and the stock is fifty four dollars. So that tells you that the stock is what? Uh, 13, 14, and that's below its five-year range of 21 to 62. So I think even though the stock is having trouble, it's been going down for the last couple, for all this year so far, uh, I think it's it's a bargain. I think it looks pretty pretty bargain. It's a $43 billion company. It pays a 4% dividend. I think it's a bargain at this price. So, Mike, I... I'd be considered buying it. It it looks like it went to fifty-four dollars and thirty-eight cents, uh, and that's that's the, about fifty-two dollars was its low in June. Uh, in the COVID low, it got down to uh, thirty-two dollars and fifty cents. So it's not going to drop to that low, I don't think. I don't see how it could, but it may drop down to the fifty-dollar range. It could fifty-one, fifty-two. I can see that, but it's still a buy at this price, Mike. Appreciate the call. NEM is the symbol, everybody. Newmont Corporation, one of the bigger mining companies in the world. My focus point today concerns Warren Buffett's longtime business partner who says diversification is diversification. So we here at KPP, you know, if we're fully invested in the stock market, we carry about 30 stocks. Okay, 30. We think we can get up to 32, 33, but generally 30 is a good number. I tell people, you know, five is probably too small. And maybe for an individual, 15 to 20 would be a good number. If you get more than that, you can't you can't track it. Warren Buffett doesn't have more than that in his portfolio. He, they have very few stocks compared to a lot of mutual funds. Okay? Now, you're going to hear different stories on what diversification is, okay? Uh, you can buy an index fund. That index fund, the S&P 500, that's 500 companies. You can buy an index fund and just write it, and that'd be fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And Warren Buffett will say that. So does uh, Munger. Now, do you know how old Munger is? Munger is Warren Buffett's right-hand man. He's 97 years old. 97. Buffett's 90. So these guys are getting up there, but they're smart. They've made a lot of money over the years. And he's saying that you need to understand the company completely. The company that you buy and put in your portfolio, you need to understand how it makes money, how the management works. Are they good managers of the company? And if you find five, and that's all you can find, then that's all you should buy. That's kind of what he's saying. And there's some truth in that. You know, if... The problem is, is you got to buy really good companies and you got to buy value because that's what he's talking about. Buying value does not 
mean, and according to his definition, buying value does not mean buying stocks that are cheap necessarily. They are only their value is relative to their sales, their earnings, their growth. So if you have a high growth company making lots of money, you're going to have to pay up for the PE, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. So that's what that his focus point is all about. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. Give me a call. Um, did you see the economic numbers? Uh, the, the Today was out income and sales. Sales was up you know, 2.5% or so, 2.4%. But income was up 10%. 10% is a pretty big number. Pretty big number. Uh, so that's good news. Good news. 888-99-CHART, I have a quick tip for you. Okay, this is my quick tip for you. Do not buy tips. When someone calls and or a friend of yours says, hey, I got a tip for you on this stock, you know, man, this, this is the story, blah, 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 blah. Don't ever buy those, ever. They're generally, by the time you hear about it, it's too late. If it was a good tip, the stock has already taken off. If it hasn't, that means it's a bad tip. Don't buy tips. Okay? Now, if we look back over the decades, we can see certain scientific discoveries led to the creation of processes or inventions or evolved entire industries that made the industries evolved. And, you know, here's, here's my... My trivia question for today. Can you name a scientific discovery that evolved into a business or an industry or that one that influenced the direction of existing public companies? Do you ever read the book Creative Destruction? Kind of goes to that. At the break, I'll give you the answer. Our number is 888-99-CHART. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com.
Markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now and he's ready to talk with you. Call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Okay, you know, my I had a trivia question before the break. Can you name a scientific, scientific discovery that evolved into a business or an industry or that influenced the direction of existing public companies? Of course, a list of scientific discoveries is, you know, it's pretty long. I mean, there's been lots of those. But let me select a few. 1928, discovery of penicillin. 1928, Alexander... Alexander Fleming, a bacteriologist at St. Mary's Hospital in London, returned to the lab from a trip and discovered something had changed in his petri dishes. A particular mold had invaded and and prevented normal growth. This soon resulted in the discovery of penicillin, one of the world's first antibiotics. Of course, think about the industry that led to, okay, pharmaceutical industry. Glasgow, SmithKline, Pfizer, I mean, huge. 1938, nuclear fission discovered. Of course, we know what that turned into. And, of course, you know, <laughs> no one wants to ever talk about it anymore, but nuclear power can be, is extremely environmental friendly. Right? No pollution whatsoever. And we're talking about old nuclear power plants in the United States because we haven't built one or any very recently. Well, these old nuclear power plants, so many of them are being shut down. We, What about the new generation nuclear power plants? I th- That seems to me to be great new, new clean energy that we should think about. Uh, the invention of the transistor. That was 1947, the transistor. William Shockley. And partners working at Bell Labs created the first transistor. It was a semiconductor device with three connections. Not only was it an integral part of the transistor radio, it's the building block of the microchip. You should read the book, Creative Destruction, everybody. It talks about things being created in our society, in our economy, and things being destroyed because of the new creation. Cell phone. What industry did it destroy? Or you can go back to the automobile. How about new? And then what's what about today? How about the creation of an electric vehicle? What industries is that destroying? It is, you know. Creative destruction. So, anyways. So, be aware that all scientific technology, all scientific innovations lead to some kind of new industry and destroys usually an old industry. And that's the proper way it should be. Why should we cling on to old industries? Because many times governments force you, force us, force people to hold on to new industries, an old way of life, because they don't want to lose those jobs. Those jobs are gone. Move on. Let's go to Sid in Canada. Hi, Sid. Hello, Steve. How are you doing? Happy Friday. Thank you for the call. Thank you. I'm looking for a ticker symbol S-N-D-L, sundial. 
I have been monitoring this for quite some time, and I just want to hear your viewpoint because lately I had a good luck with uh, all cannabis stocks. Uh-huh. So I uh-huh. just want to know that what is your opinion about uh, this company? Is it going to grow well in the near future? I'm looking for a long-term investment. Okay, this is Sundial Growers Inc. Everybody, it is a Canadian company that engages in the production and distribution of cannabis for medical and recreational access. Now, these these uh, marijuana drugs companies and uh, industry is is consolidating and growing pretty darn fast. Now, this company doesn't make money; does not make money. Uh, they the sales fell in the most recent quarter by uh, 62%. The problem you have is it's a 1.9 billion dollar company, a dollar, stock price of a dollar 33, and it's not making money. So sales are growing, but erratically. That is an issue. You wonder why they are not growing. You know, like, for instance, the most recent quarter, they fell 62%. But before that, they grew 5%. Before that, they grew huge, 1,000%. So it's one of these companies that, is it going to be the ones that make it? Because what's going to happen here, uh, Kyle, is, uh, Sid, is that the whole industry is going to consolidate, evolve. Certain companies are going to go out of business. Some companies are going to be huge. Now, will this one be one of the winners? That's what you're asking. And at this stage, there's really no way of knowing that. There really isn't. Um, um, because I can't tell you, it's just that the whole industry is evolving so fast. And there's so many company A buying company B in this industry, it's hard to know who's going to be the winner. So I, I really can't give you a, a clear answer on that, Sid. I don't like to buy companies that don't make money and they're not making money, so... Kyle, Walnut Creek, wants to talk about gold. Hi, Kyle. Hey, Steve. So, yeah, I'm holding gold. Barrick Mining, GOLD is the ticker. Uh, I know with interest rates coming up and Bitcoin rising, is gold an old technology that we maybe need to look away from? Well, I don't think so because, you know, it's, it's not – well, first of all, it's not a technology, as you know. It is a storage of wealth. And so your question should be, is it as a storage of wealth still a storage of wealth with maybe Bitcoin being a storage of wealth and maybe, you know, in this environment that we shouldn't put money in this kind of uh, investment? That's really the question. And my answer is it should be part of your portfolio because we have inflation picking up, which usually means Good news for gold. And is the dollar with the new spending of 1.9 whatever trillion, I don't know if it'll end up being that much, but that's the proposal. Will that weaken the dollar? Because the dollar has been finding a bottom here and actually rose sharply today. Um, is that, you know, because when a weak dollar goes, when a dollar goes down, it's usually as a result of too much spending by government and uh, inflation, you know, coming in. So if we still think inflation's coming and you still think the dollar's going to weaken, then you want to have some gold and silver, some precious metal in your portfolio. But don't ever make it, you know, dominant in your portfolio. I, I wouldn't do that. But I don't think, you know, I've heard this story before many, many times. Oh, gold is just, 
you know, not a good place to be. And I'm not a big gold person. You know, I'd rather see you have a diversified portfolio of maybe, you know, 10, 15, 20 stocks that maybe pay high dividends. At least you're making money. Gold is, you know, a storage of wealth. And if the market starts to turn ugly, it usually is a smart place to be. It doesn't go down as much. So. But I would have gold in my portfolio, and I do. Okay, the KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed today, as it is every day. I send it out every Friday, as you know. Uh, the market condition section. The monthly leading economic indicator, LEI measurement, of, uh, you know, it, it incorporates 10 different indicators, all leading, and makes comes up with one, one uh, indicator called the LEI, leading economic indicator. And it rose... 5.5% from 0.4% the month before. It's telling us that the, the economy is going to be growing in the short term, the few months ahead. That's what it really is telling us. Okay? Many experts, I say in the newsletter, are, per, are very extremely optimistic but about the economy, about the soft market. But I'm, I'm telling you in my newsletter, be a little bit more cautious. We indeed are highly likely to have a healthy economy. For, for 2021, but the pace of growth will not will be uh, probably I think slower and more erratic than expected. Jobless claims, a weekly jobless claims fell to 730,000. Problem is that's still a pretty high number. That's pretty high. The anticipated number was 845,000, but we have been stuck at this you know 800,000 area for months. We need to get that down. We really do. Personal spending and income were pretty good. Uh, the income was very good. And maybe it had something to do with that $600 check that we all got. People are spending it. The stock market is in a correction phase, I say. We are rotating from tech sector to maybe materials and industrial sex stocks. So... So we talk about portfolio management section. Uh, you know, are you uh, before you invest in a company? There are numerous factors and to consider. Unfortunately, many people tend to just focus on one single positive factor, and that's not a good idea. So I presented several key questions investors need to ask themselves before they pull the trigger and buy in the stock, like what kind of company are you? Contemplate, is it a long-term growth name or a steady dividend payer name with a long track record? Is, does it have a modest price? And does it have a price ceiling that it may not go? We talked about AT&T and Verizon earlier. Verizon, you know, range of the stock. It's not a growth name. It's a dividend pay. Stuff like that. You have to think about what kind of stock you're buying and does it fit into your portfolio, the portfolio of your design. Is your portfolio designed for growth? Is it designed for income? Is it designed for value or a combination of those three? What is it? And does this stock you're looking at fit with what you want to what you want to have? You have to make conscious decisions about this. For instance, if you want an income portfolio, then why are you loading it up with high growth, high speculative stocks? See, if you do that, 
That's what I mean by does it fit? Or maybe you said, I want to have 50% of my portfolio high dividend paying stocks, and it's not. Well, well what's not fitting the, your design? You, your desire is not fitting what you said you wanted. That's what you need to think about. Anyways. And that's in the news. I got a couple stock ideas. Uh, real estate investment trust was in there. Um, ownership and management specializing in industrial properties. But they didn't pay. It's a REIT. It was a REIT. But they don't pay a very high yield. But maybe it was a good thing to look at right now for other reasons Okay, that I put in there. The other stock was uh, just an in, uh, I was thinking about the small cap value, S&P small cap value 600 value index. I don't like that right now. Anyway, that's in the newsletter. Consumer Watch. I talked about a blank check company. People have been calling up and asking about blank check companies, and I don't know if they really know what they are. So what I did is I talked about them and what to watch out for. You know, you got to be careful with what you're buying. If you're buying just a blank check company, that means there's nothing in it yet. So you're just buying on the prospect of it getting into some kind of industry or buying some other company. And, you know, that's not necessarily a good investment. I don't think you should be speaking about blank check companies at all. Let the experts deal with those. Okay? So that was basically the KBP Premium Newsletter. It comes out every week. It's easy for you to subscribe. You can go directly to investtalk.com. And after subscribing, you'll receive the full report every Friday in your e-box, inbox. Okay, let's squeeze in a quick question from 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin. First time caller, long time listener. Before my question, I just want to say thank you guys for everything you do. With that said, my question is on stock AMD, Advanced Micro Devices. I've been waiting for a dip to get into this stock, and I wanted to see if these price levels would be a good entry point. Thank you, and look forward to listening to your response. Okay, it's an $84 stock, going to make $2.50 next year. Now, that's up 20%. This year, it's going to make $1.96. That's up 50% from last year. Sales growth is around 50% per quarter last two quarters. Before that, was 26 40%, 59 Okay, so the stock has moved from $18 back in December of 2018 to $80 today. I think you're late. Yeah, you know, it says $84 stock making $2.50. So the growth, everybody's already, that all that growth and sales and profits are now built into the price of stock. And it looks like it might start to start to roll over at this point. I think I think it's too late. I, I think you need a, for a much bigger pullback before you consider buying AMD. It's a $102 billion company. It's really big. You will get, I mean, last year the stock ranged from 35 to 97, and it made a dollar 29. Year before is 16 to 47. The year before that at 9 to 34. That's a range of the stock. So, at two dollars fifty cents. How much should it be worth? How long? Your next question is, well, how long can it keep up this sales growth? See, that's my next question. I think. I think it could still go higher, but I think it's at the top of its range at this point. So I'd be much more careful, much more careful in, in entering this stock. I wait for a big pullback. 
On the next Invest Talk, this story. In the pandemic, one of the largest 2020 IPOs did better than its competitors. The other online travel companies are what? How good, how bad, how good did they do? That's going to be next on the next Invest Talk. For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Just wondering what your thoughts are on all the Robinhood trading and the, the Red Hat boards. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Now is a good time to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. It's been another Investor Friday, and we've all seen the market move up, down, and all around. It's called volatility, and you'll have investment and finance questions for Steve and Justin. They welcome your calls now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. I uh, love the show. Thank you for all the knowledge you uh, give to us small-time investors. I have a question on deferred annuities. What are your thoughts, pros and cons to having them, and uh, is it a smart uh, investment decision? I'll listen on the show. Thank you so much. A deferred annuity is where uh, you put money into it, you get nothing back, but you defer the payments 20 years from now. Why? Why does that do? Well, what it does, it gives you a bigger payment way back there. It gives it time for the company, the insurance company, to invest that money, make money. But you're not investing it. They are. You're just giving them the money, and they promise to pay you uh, $800 a month starting 20 years from now until you die. That's a deferred annuity. Or, you know, It depends on the contract. Are they good, bad, and different? What are they? It's hard to say because, remember, it's a contract between the insurance company and you. And you're giving them, a, let's say, $100,000. And they're going to start paying you X amount of dollars certain many years from now. Could be 50 years from now. Could be 10 years from now. Whatever the agreement is. The longer it's deferred, the higher the monthly payment because you won't live as long. Right? And there's many ways to set it up. Uh, I, when I worked for the insurance companies many, many, many years ago, and I was in the uh, large, they call it the large loss department, where we had, you know, claims that were severely severe, people dying or getting injured or whatever. Uh, these uh, these deferred annuities were were often considered because what it would give. It would give a younger injured person a lifetime of income, but not to start for 10 years or 12 years or 15 years, and therefore giving them a lot more money than just the, here's a lump sum today. Okay, so that's what they were used for often. Are they good today? Well, usually the, the amounts are not very high because interest rates are so low. See, insurance companies are pretty conservative, so they know they can't make a lot of money on the money and therefore, they can't grow that pile of money enough to make it worth their while and the, 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 the annuitant, the person who's receiving the money down the road. But they still exist. They're just not as good as they were. When interest rates were high, that's where a deferred annuity was really attractive. Okay? 888-99-CHART. It is almost finished to Friday, so let's see if we can grab one more caller. 
Hey, Justin and Steve. This is Corey from Ohio. Appreciate the show. I had a question about big lots. I bought in at $52 a share, and I just don't understand what's going on in the stock with the price because the earnings per share is estimated at $15 a share, and they pay a decent dividend. But with such a high earnings, I see a 22 23% interest for shorting the stock. Just want to know what your guys' thoughts were long-term on the stock. Uh, appreciate your input. Thanks. Bye. Okay, I don't see that earnings. That's the problem. I I see earnings of $7.36 this year and then $5.55 next year. You're giving the earnings twice that, and that doesn't seem – that's not right. Whoever Wherever you're picking that number from looks like a bad number to me. Okay. Uh, big lots, everybody. BIG is a symbol. Operates 1,404 discount stores in 47 states. Uh, you know they they do offer closeouts and other value priced goods. It's a $63 stock. So you're looking at a pretty low priced uh, stock compared to earnings. But you got to excuse me. You got to remember the earnings are going down from 7.36 to 5.57. They went up big this year because of COVID, you know, from last year's COVID thing. So you're going to have good numbers for 2021. Uh, then they'll probably, they're going to slow down a little bit. But it's a good company. Sales are growing, you know, 10, 11% to 31% per quarter the last year. Before that, sales are more 2, 3, 4, 5%. So it'll probably revert down to that lower sales number. Therefore, the stock is probably fairly priced where it is. Okay? Not cheap, not expensive. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein, and I and I thank you for listening and encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. We post a new program each weekday shortly after the end of our live streaming program podcast, which concludes at 5 p.m., by the way. That's Pacific time. Remember, we're live, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. You can download for free iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and InvestTalk.com. Independent thing and share success, everybody. This is InvestTalk. Have a great weekend. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 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 